Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast, where we discuss everything you need to take your GEA performance to the next level. In this week's episode of the podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Shane Rice from Rice Life on Instagram, as many of you may know of him. Many of you may see the page and see the man, but not necessarily know the man behind the page. And that's what this podcast is about, just to get to know a little more about his training methods, his views on the GEA, and a bit of background on him himself. So Shane, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Killian. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So as I said, this podcast is about getting to know you a little bit more. So why don't you just tell the listeners, or those that don't know you or know your background, what it is and what you'd like to do? Yeah, no problem. I'm currently living in Toronto at the minute. I moved here about two and a half years ago. Um, went to college in the, 2011, did business for a while. Thought I'd like business a bit better, but I like the marketing side of it. I jumped in and out of different courses. I did computing as well. And then I was always into weightlifting. Um, I started lifting weights, let's say, let's say 17, about nine, 10 years ago now. So um, I always wanted to do personal training on the side. So on top of my business full-time, I'd done uh, some personal training then on the side. So that got me into the kind of things that I'm doing right now. So Got my personal train and then decided to jump on a plane and go to Toronto because I knew North America was one of the top places to be if you want to take your the business side of things to the next level. I didn't do any personal training back home. I came to Toronto straight away and started working with a company called Good Life Fitness. Um, Good Life Fitness, for anybody that's going to Toronto or Canada, they're top three in the world for in terms of gyms, uh, gym brands. So they're a great company to work for. Worked for them for two years. Worked with Alico Strength, uh, worked a little bit with NSCA, National Strength and Condition Association. Got some qualifications with Mobility Wad, which is also now known as the Ready State, which is ran by a guy called, a guy called, he owns a book now called the Supple Leopard. Um, can't think of his name off the top of my head, but you can check their stuff out as well. So that's where I am right now. I did a couple of years on the floor. And now I run a full-time business online, um, a company called GA Periodization. On your GA background, did you play growing up? Were you always in the GA? Oh, yeah. I started playing when I was eight years of age, like any, most guys um, in the countryside. So I played for a team called Scottsdale back home in Monaghan. Uh, played for them right up until I was about 20, 23. And then because I was living in Dundalk doing my uh, studies, I decided to take a trip over to Dundalk Gales for a year and a half. Um, <clears throat> we did win some championships with Scotstown. Unfortunately, I wasn't part of the, the team that was playing. Um, but Dundalk Gales um, went well in the championship there, semifinals. And then after Dundalk Gales, I made the trip over to Toronto to play with a team called St. Mike's. Uh, we won a championship in 2017. So Mike's have been in the final in the past, I'd say, 10 years. So if anybody's interested in going to Toronto, they're the ones you want to look out for or move to them. So lots of football since I was eight years of age. Three teams. Uh, so I've been uh, jumping around. Some people say I have more teams and uh, more clubs than Tiger Woods. That's a joke. <laughs> uh, but all's going well. I look forward to now coming home in a couple of weeks, maybe start of February, and getting back into Scotstown and see how it goes from there. Good stuff. And what were you expecting when you went out to Toronto to play ball? Were you, did, is it what you expected? Was it different? Was it more challenging? Or? 
So I came out and I didn't have any team planned. I had no idea what the stand was like. Um, there was actually a guy that used to play for Scotstown that was living in Toronto and he was the captain of St. Mike's. And he asked me to play for St. Mike's. A couple of other teams reached out as well because they seen me on Snapchat at the time. I was promoting the online coaching on Snapchat. So I was asked by a couple of teams. I just went for St. Mike's purely because my the, the guy was from Scotstown. So... Uh, the standard surprised me big time. It was very good. There was a lot of County 21 players, some ex-County senior players that were out there. A lot of guys, just like New York, go to Toronto for the summer. Um, I wouldn't say it's as competitive as, as let's say, the States, but um, it's, it certainly shocked me. Um, and when I did win the first championship in 2017, I honestly thought I was going to win it every year. But uh, teams just change so fast and new players come out. and. Uh, we haven't actually won the championship since, so um, big shock. But it's it's hard to be playing in, in the weather in Toronto, summer ball, scorching heat. Um, it's perfect for any player. Yeah, yeah, not like here that when you start slogging now and the start of February, and then you get a month good weather in the middle of the summer, and then you're back into. Oh, when you do get that little patch back home, it's lovely, but it doesn't last too long. No, like I think every lad will just remember the days where you're going training. And the sun is just beaming down, and there's always a couple of lads with the tops off or just the bibs on. And yeah, fresh grass. <laughs> nah, it is. It's good. It's good. And it's. Do you not find the heat over there was. Like, I'm sure it got the decent temperatures there. It took most yeah, of yeah, we'd have to take a break every 10 minutes. Um, oh. Most games. Now, the final used to be on in August, and they actually moved it to September. So the finals, a little bit. Semi finals and finals are a little bit cooler. But the group stages game is very, very hot. Um, you know, you have your sun cream on, head to toe, every 10 minutes, water break, just like it probably is in the States. But, um, I mean, the, the pitch, so there's only one pitch and everybody plays the championship matches on that pitch and it's quality. Like, um, I wasn't expecting much, but it's, it's it's very, very good. And then that 10 minutes is just a water break, as in don't take an actual break, it's water in, get on no, board. Just in. everyone in a quick huddle, get the water on board straight back out because, you know, you don't want to give any any uh, advantage to any team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, that's interesting. I actually didn't know that. Do you find that when you're out there, we <clears> talked a bit about the standards, but do you find that even the commitment level or at was that surprising? Because sometimes you think when you go out, oh, it's just kind of lads playing for the summer or the young lads going out and playing for the summer. Or is there lads that are committed? Like you were there all year round, so you probably had more of an investment in maybe than someone just there for the summer. Um, so usually when lads come out, they would try to find a club, okay? You want to kind of have a find, find a club as quick as you can because you don't have any accommodation sorted. You don't have any friends, really. You don't have a you know, social group. So lads usually get on to teams very, very quickly. And usually when the team or the manager or the chairman does make an effort with the player to sort them out with accommodation, sort them out with jobs, like I'm not saying give them jobs, but Mm -hmm. put them in the right direction, the player usually will make a commitment to go to train because it's usually per form, right? And if you don't go to train, you're not going to be in the social group, you're not going to be in the nights out. So players are usually quite good. Now, our club was very good. Um... For the years I've been there, we've always had 20, 30 players. And if we ever had less than 10, you know, it wasn't cutting it because you're never going to win a championship with less than 10 players training. So um, we were always quite good. We were lucky that our two training pitches were pretty downtown, pretty central. So nobody has any excuses 
a lot of buys drove as well. So there was no excuses why people should miss matches or, sorry, even training. So luckily our club were, were very good for numbers. So you said there you're going to come back hopefully in February. What's training like for you at the minute? Are you kind of stuck into the pre-season or...? Um, so right now in Toronto, um, it's snow. Very, it's you know, it's snowing, right? It's hard to get out in the pitch. You might get the odd one day a week. And then if I do get that one day a week, I definitely will go out. For example, today it's cold, but if you wrap up, there's no snow on the footpaths. Um, I'll be going for a run today, but tonight, sorry. But in terms of weight training, weight training has been a staple of my program and my training, obviously, 12 months of the year. That does change depending on what stage of the season um so training right now is all about you know being strong being ready for the season i don't want to fall apart in a couple of weeks um so that's why i've been doing the work in the gym um in terms of fitness um i do have probably a bit to go personally um that's purely because i want to get out on the pitch and run i'm a big mm-hmm. fan of running on the pitch rather than run on a treadmill um because you want to mimic the sport right so um in the next six weeks i'm sure i'm probably going to get one to three running sessions hopefully the weather's good um but i do play indoor soccer in the off season a lot i play once twice a week and i think that's very important for players to do some sort of recreation sport with their friends it's not only good for morale team morale it's also very good for lateral movement sprinting linear sprinting jumping soccer and basketball are my two go-to and then i also do a bit of swimming as well so there's a lot of stuff going on there i keep myself busy um but weather permitted, I'd like to get out on the pitch. By the time this podcast comes around, people will be hoping to see your name at the top of the score sheet in the stock or if anybody follows your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just I only started posting that recently, but uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit of crack. Um, I don't think any of those guys would follow my stuff. So um, I'm a couple of goals behind, but we'll catch them yet. You catch them and just leave the country. Yeah, exactly. Top score and then just out of here. That's it. I'm done. God, don't even go to the ceremony for the rewards. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to your training or training others for GA, would that be your main kind of business training GA players or just? Yeah. So uh, let's say I started online coaching or coaching on the floor. Let's say back in 2016. Um, I was still in college doing business, personal training on the side. I started to um, document my own uh, performance and document my own kind of trend on Snapchat. Instagram actually wasn't around, although you could post on Instagram, but there's no stories or anything. So yeah. Snapchat back then. So I started taking pictures of my food and taking pictures of my workouts, everything that I was doing every day. I was taking pictures of it and videos on Snapchat and um, I think I must have had about 25% body fat. Um, I was way too heavy, too much body fat in my last couple of years with Scottsdale. So I started to make a change when I went to Dundalk Gills. I documented that for a year. I came down, I was very lean, and people reached out to me looking for programming. So I started online coaching with the programming just through emails and WhatsApp. No big, you know, no business, just helping someone out for free. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> I was getting all this attraction i was getting like 10 15 people at a time asked me for coaching so i can make some money here yeah so pretty straightforward i set up a website linked paypal to it sorted out um the whole business side of things and then as time went on as i came to toronto i worked on the floor and if anybody's listening right now that wants to go into online coaching 
it is crucial that you get experience on the floor. I did online coaching first and I thought I knew a little bit. I knew very, very, very little until I was on the floor and until you're surrounded by um, like-minded others that are in your field, okay? So what I was very surprised about whenever I came to Toronto and working Good Life Fitness is that the other coaches around me weren't just PTs. They weren't just level three personal trainers. They were strength conditioning coaches. These guys had uh, CSCS qualifications. These guys were top of the field. And I surrounded myself with those guys 12 hours a day, five, six days a week, 30 hours plus um, on the floor coaching. And that took my knowledge to a new game. So in the last year, I really ramped up the online coaching. Um, I have my own app in the app store. I have my own website, gapuritization.com. Um, I released some eBooks and that's growing every day. Um, I've actually just took on a new coach to help me out with the coaching on the app. So she's actually a female as well. So we're going to announce her soon. Um, so business side of things started very small on Snapchat. Got to have experience on the floor. And then started to started to push on with the app. Brilliant. Like, and I think, you know, what you're saying, especially this time of year, that the recording this podcast is only the 9th of January. People, new people pop up all the time and online coaches and, you know, get the Christmas rush. But as you said, like, you need that foundation of mm. what people want, what people need, you know, the problems that will arise. Because if you don't do it firsthand on the floor, it's very hard. And people can fool online when you're doing online coaching if you're a coach that doesn't understand the flaws. Yeah, of. yeah and it, it, it's very important to work with Gen Pop. And when I say Gen Pop, it's just general population. Now, online, I work purely 95% with GA players. Mm-hmm. Um, 95% of them are club players. Most county players will have their own strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, working with Gen Pop and just more getting to know the person on the floor it's just it's vital that you work on the floor um i don't know anybody that has been very successful with online coaching that has not done some sort of on the floor experience so if you're listening and you do want to become some sort of coach online coach on the floor coach do your hours within the gym because it's very important so this time of year now if someone's coming to you looking start of the year they want to ensure that this year is going to be the year that they get the shape they want, make sure that they're hitting the ground running, what should they be doing? Um, if someone comes to me first, I'll do a full assessment with them. I'll do a video call with them. I'll get to know them a bit better. Yeah. It's very important that I know the person a little bit rather than not meeting them video call or even yeah. a phone call even. So um, I'll just try and see where they are right now and uh, if they can give me as many much stats as possible, you know, uh, if they can get any stats done through a gym, you can get printouts and whatever. Um, I look at what training they've been doing in the last 12 months. Um, if they're very, very new and they haven't been doing much, well, then I'll probably start them off with a little foundation phase just for two or three weeks to get the body movement. Um, I'd work on squatting. I'd work on lunging. I'd work on uh, push work, pull work, um, core work, very, very basic stuff to make sure they're able to move. If they're not able to move, there's no point me loading any weight on them. So movement's very important. Um after that, um, I'll probably take a look at their lifestyle um, and what we need to change there. Nutrition, sleep, probably not supplements to start off with. That would be down the line. Um, and then we would probably go on for the next phase, I call it, um, depending on where they're at. And obviously at this time of the year, um, they're going to be looking at endurance. 
So I would program their endurance and mix it with the strength work that they're going to have to be doing in the gym. Ideally, preferably, I'd like to get a GEA player in November um, if their season's starting now or February because you're missing out on all that hypertrophy work. Um, I like to do a full block of hypertrophy and then I like to transfer that to strength and then I like to transfer that into speed and power, which is going to be your in-season. So, I mean, I do get, obviously, players coming to me now, but ideally, I'd love to see them in November. But we still get great results if they come to me now, and it's better to start now than never. Yeah, yeah. And I think, just as you mentioned, I picked up on, when you talk, because I think this is, sometimes GA players kind of don't track and kind of get lost. You just mentioned stats there. And I think if I asked, but especially I find with clubs, and I go into, if I ask them, from now to this time last year, how strong or how fit or how fast are you? Nobody really knows. Mm. Everybody just kind of takes every single year as a new year, unless you're kind of at the higher level. But the majority of clubs will be like, oh, well, it's just a new year. And after getting really unfit, I'm just going to start again now instead of taking it as a full cycle. So what would you be looking at? Yeah. Or what's an easy way, do you feel, for people to track, <laughs> keep themselves accountable to some sort of numbers? Yeah, well, you want to look at yourself right now and say, where do I want to be in three years, five years, okay? You look at, um, I mean, everyone's dream is to be in three years to be a lot better than they are right now. Maybe step it up a bit, play inter-county football. Maybe they're 18 now. They want to play county under-21s in three years. So you need a program or have an idea where you want to be. Your strength standards are going to have to be increased. Um, your your 60-meter runs have to be increased. Your 40-meter runs, your body composition is very important. You want to have more muscle mass. You want to have less body fat. So, I mean, like anything, if you're only starting off and you say, in three years, I want to have this, 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 you can go to maybe any gym and get an in-body assessment. Um, most gyms should provide that for free. Just get an in-body assessment, and they should be able to use calipers to do your body fat. Just uh, machines nowadays where you hold monitors to get a print off. Um, and then you can reassess that every three six nine twelve months um and then when you come around to the next season you're you know you, you should be a lot better than you were the year before or a lot more improved so um yeah i hope that kind of clears up that you can get a full assessment now and then get it every every three months um that's why i like to work with my clients um, and even myself through blocks cycles yeah. phases i use phases a lot because it's very easy to remember um, if you're doing the same thing for 12 months, you're going to get the same results and it's not going to be pretty. So, um, And then if you're trying to mumble up everything, if you're trying to get bigger and stronger and faster, it's not going to make sense, right? So you want to try and focus on one thing at a time and maybe implement or, you know, um, throw, if you're doing, if you're trying to get bigger, trying to put on muscle mass, it's going to be hypertrophy. You can throw in the odd strength session here and there, but you need to have certain goals for different blocks that's what periodization is. I mean, you want to periodize and be at your peak at the right time. When do you want to peak? You want to peak at championship time. It's usually around August. Are you going to peak in March? No. Do you want to peak in March? No. So you need to have a program between now and August. And then that's where the complicated stuff comes in. If you're obviously have no experience or you're not working with a coach. Yeah. And that's why I ask, because I think the phasing of that, even from a mindset point of view is so important because I find a lot of people get kind of shiny object syndrome at the start of the year. So they're 
maybe just after putting a bit of weight on over Christmas, so they're trying to lose that, but they're also trying to get stronger, but they're trying to get faster, but then they also need to get fitter. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, that was me when I was younger in the same boat, you know, yeah. new, I want to be stronger, faster, fitter, better vertical jump. Uh, all these attributes that you, that you do need, but it's not going to happen within four weeks. And it, that's why it's very important that you're doing something throughout the 12 months. Um, and some people don't enjoy working out. Some people don't enjoy the training. But mm-hmm. if you have a clear understanding of the phases and you understand this is what I have to do between now and six weeks and then we change it up, it makes it more enjoyable rather than trying to combine everything all at once and just not having a clue what to do. Yeah, and you're actually focusing on something rather than doing all these bits, kind of getting nowhere, getting pissed off that yeah. you, you might be putting in loads of time and loads of effort but not necessarily getting the results. And just going back to what you said there, a perfect example of an 18-year-old looking maybe to make the under-21s or under-20s like mm. that's what they need to be doing is focusing on the long-term plan instead of trying to do everything by the time the league comes around and be yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect example i was talking to a strength condition coach that worked with olympians and olympic athletes they have four four-year programs yeah i mean they periodize themselves to peak in four years whereas ga players only need to peak need to peak maybe you know once a year right for mm-hmm. a block right and when i say peak there's going to be a stage where the intensity is so high and the volume is so low for those couple of weeks. If you don't have that right, well, that's where issues are going to obviously going to lie. So um, it's very, that's why I like talking about cycles and phases. It's very important that you're not trying to do everything all at once and you have between now and between the end of the season uh, planned out, even in your head. Yeah, no, like I totally agree. And I think that way of doing it, gives just a bit more structure and especially for younger people who don't really know what they're doing. It's a perfect way of looking at it. Yeah. So I suppose if you could just give, and then we kind of move on after this, the start of the year, if you could give one tip, what would it be? So when you say start of the year, are you on the pitch trim? Pre-season. So now we're just coming in. Say the lads that are in the gym and would probably start in the on the pitch in the next couple of weeks, sort of just kind of getting back in to the preseason. Honestly, if anything, I'd look at your lifestyle. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're getting, I know guys that work on construction, for example, and they're get they're going to bed at eleven and they're up at half five, right? You're getting six hours sleep, and then you train that night. And let's say you're on the way to work, you're stopping off at spa, you're getting fucking BLT or something and then you're getting maybe another wrap at two o'clock I mean if you even if you don't do any work in the gym but you improve your lifestyle choices you're going to get results mm-hmm. but if you're in the gym and your lifestyle choices are shit well then you're really going to struggle as well so that's why lifestyle change is so important what you put into your body is going to basically fuel you for the workouts or fuel you for the running sessions I guarantee that if you're a train or club train and you're looking at the guys that are at the lead in the pack their lifestyle changes um, are uh, a lot better than maybe someone that's at the back. So my number one tip is to look at your lifestyle changes, write down three things. Hydration. You know, are you getting three liters of water minimum every day? Very simple, right? Two, are you getting seven hours sleep? And then three, are you making some sort of changes within your diet? Um, There's so much free content online to help you with your diet. 
Um, and motivation isn't always going to be there. Sometimes I would love to pick up something on the way on the way out, grab a coffee, a Starbucks, fill it full of sugar, and maybe get a bagel. But if you make a habit out of it every day, prepping your lunch the night before, then it'll become a lot easier. Um, that's 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 my number one tip. Actually, that's great. I think so many people in in, in life in general, not just for sport, but it's basically just building the foundation that you're going to be building on the rest of the year. So yeah, I think I totally agree with that. That's a very, very good tip. So I'm just going to move on to get your views on a few things within the GA. I suppose the big thing now at the minute is I seen a stat there that it's 60, over 60 people or 60 lads have dropped out of inter-county panels. So it's a bit of a discussion at the minute that with players going over to play as your rules. But the dropout rate of senior players, where do you just kind of see that? Um, I think it's an issue with the GEA themselves. Their calendar is a bit of a joke. Guys playing O'Byrne Cup and McKenna Cup in December. I mean, if I try to explain to a Canadian here, um, oh, well, our 2020 season starts now. It's 2019. Oh, we, we, yeah, we play a, a, a cup game before Christmas and the boys can't really drink at Christmas or they can't go out and enjoy it with friends because they have a game on the 27th. It doesn't make sense. So the calendar, number one, is a, is a joke. Um, and then number two, you've got to realise that these county players have girlfriends, they have wives, they have kids, they have family. It does become a time where you have to think, look at, like, there's more to life than, than GEA. GEA doesn't necessarily pay the bills for everybody. So um, I understand people stepping away from it. Um, some of my friends that I talk to on the county panels have stepped away and come back. Um, there's absolutely no harm in by stepping away, but if the calendar was better managed, I mean, if you told me that, if I, if I was a county player and you told me that between, I don't know how it would work, let's say between February to September, county, over, I mean, buys would definitely stay on. Um, you have so many months to, to, to do your own thing, so... Um, I think it's down to calendar, honestly. And then the Aussie rules thing, if anybody asked me to go to Australia, um, <clears throat> I'd be on the first plane. Yeah, I think, like, I, 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 my point of view on that, I think that's such a simple thing of how could you, or how could anybody look at someone and go, oh, why are you going over there? That's ridiculous. You should stay at home and play with them. Like, <laughs> like, like what? I just don't get how anybody can kind of argue the, the flip side of that. Now, and I'm sure there is, and I'll probably come across it, but like, if most people, if you're in your 20s, just say, and someone says, right, I've a plane ready to go, go over and play a professional sport, you know, you get paid for doing what you love, you get a lifestyle that you want, like, yeah. you know, stay at home and play the McKenna Cup or whatever cup it is in January. I mean, the, the, the point everyone's going to say is, like, look at David Clifford, he stayed on, he's one of the top forwards in the country, all-stars, whatever it is. I understand if, like, you know, he's from Kerry, you know, the community around him, it's football life. Life is football for him, okay? Yeah. I understand people staying, like, I understand it, but I don't understand people that want to go and people trying to pull him back. If someone wants to go, they, they, they're going to go. I mean, you shouldn't even have any say in it. But I understand if people do want to stay and play Gah. I wouldn't personally do it, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah, and I think... That's the thing, like why, and I see people dropping out even in my own county and people are like, ah, oh, it's ridiculous that they're, they're dropping out and going traveling and stuff. But like, what would be the point in someone going to sign up, right, I'll play a county this year and 
driving an hour and a half to training, the whole way thinking, this is a load of shit, I actually don't even want to play, get the training, probably bring down the mood of everybody else that's around him, this is shit, that shit, you know, this is a load of bollocks, and then drive home again, and just their own mental state of thinking everything is shit. Yeah. Four yeah. five nights a week, like. Yeah, you got Some so, lad on the other end of a phone, or the other end of some lad making off in the stand. Yeah, you got to put yourself first. Um, at the end of the day, no one's going to give a shit about you, so do what what is best for you, and that's number one always. Yeah, I think even what you were saying there with the calendar, like I think I, I read today somewhere that there's already clashes between Sigerson games. Yeah, Donegal are supposed to play Monaghan this weekend, but it doesn't look like Donegal mightn't be able to field. I mean, yeah, the 13 lads playing Sigerson football. What do, you, what do you expect? Like, so like you have some lad that's playing Sigerson that's playing with Donegal, that, you know, is trying to do his own bit in the gym or trying to do whatever he has to do with the county. Club is probably there or thereabouts with him as well. Like, it's just, it just seems to be ridiculous. And then get nothing for it. Yeah. Like some, no. some people do, and people argue that point, but generally, if you're the majority of the people playing on the county level, you're not getting a whole pile for it. People think they are, but mm-hmm. is getting nothing. Yeah, yeah. One question I have just before you go, it's kind of just out of my own interest. Is there anything in the GEA that you feel, bar the calendar, that you feel would benefit on the field or off the field? So whether it's a rule change, even like the mark and stuff like that, is there anything that you feel could be implemented and make the game better? Yeah, I've been saying this for two, three, four years, that there should be more than one referee on the pitch. Mm. Um, it works very well for most sports. works I mean, basketball, they do it. Um, Aussie rules, they have it. There should be uh, two referees on the pitch. Um, yeah, that, that's my number one. I actually haven't watched any matches with the mark. Um, I don't fully understand it, really. I mean, if you're... Uh, do you catch... I mean, the mark, if you catch the ball as a half forward inside your 45, does that mean you're going to stop and t- take a shot? Is that what it is? Well, yeah. You can... If you catch, clean catch, you can take a mark... What I was just seeing somewhere today, one of the referees last year blew the whistle out of kind of instinct, but the player didn't put up his hand to take the mark. And people were like, well, sure, you just called the mark for him. He didn't know what he was doing, then he stopped. You know, so I think the problem is just trying to follow and the is, rules. Is this coming into club games? No, I don't think, no, I don't think it's a club. Okay. No. But then again, you have county players playing to certain rules and then when they come back to play for club it's yeah a, it's a different rule well I mean if someone's going to like if Conor McManus catches the ball anywhere like in, he's going to stop and take a free like yeah. so it's going to be interesting uh, I don't know for a defender it's going to be very very annoying you up a man's ass and he catches the ball cleanly and then he kicks an easy point from a free it's, it's, it's not fair yeah yeah and I think even I remember when I was at Sligo last year, there was a rule there, and I don't know actually if it's in now, this year, but the ball had to go forward from a sideline. And like that was just a disaster. You had lads roaring at lads taking the kick, and he didn't know what they were roaring at. He just kicked it for the sake of kicking. Yeah. yeah. The players don't know all this stuff. Like, it's just, no. just yeah. bringing stuff in. Is the black card gone then? No, I don't think so. No, I think the black card's still in. I or there was there talk was of maybe a sin bin. bin coming in instead. Yeah, I'm not too... I, I, 
yeah, I, I'm not too surprised. I can't keep up with all the changes. But if I had to make one, I'd add a referee. Um, add a referee, yeah. Mm, makes sense. Makes sense. Shane, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. If anybody has any questions or I'm going to say, where will they find you? I have a feeling most people listening to this will have come across you at some stage. But if you want to just let them know for the ones that are living under the rocks. Yeah, there's a... So my Instagram is just at Rice Lifestyle. Um, I come up with that name because I didn't want to put Shane Rice Fitness. Um, I wanted to mix it up. Everything I post on that is just person, personally what I do in the gym and what I my views and everything. So you can find me there. And then if you're interested in any coaching, <clears throat> you can also have a, you can email me as well. Um, the website's gaaperiodization.com. Um, we have you know lots and lots of clients within the app all making huge strides in their performance and getting great results so uh, check me out there and uh, don't be afraid to reach out to me thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast if you want to find out more information about my mindset for performance programs where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place we look at goal setting identifying key milestones and targets obstacles that may occur accountability and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.